Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Back at it again, ladies and gents. How you doing, Mr. Walter? I'm doing good, Dev. What's up? Well, uh, getting over being sick. It's good to feel somewhat normal again. Never fun to be uh, down in the dumps like that. But now that I've got some energy, some motivation, I felt like it's a beautiful weekend, even though the weather's not there yet. Let's get back in the mix with another podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. I know we're going to do a little round robin episode nine of the Material Devolution podcast. Feels good. Nine. It could be around Robin. We thought we'd start with this big story, and we're not sure if it's going to be 10 minutes, could be 30 minutes, and we got extra time, we'll get some extra stories, so potential round Robin, let's say. Yeah. We're going loose and fast to this one. That's right. That's right. You've done your prep work as always. I know you were. You're up early prepping for this. I did. I have been just doing research after research after research hours <laughs> You weren't such a technical specialty guy with setting everything up for us. I don't know what I'd do with you, Matt. So <laughs> let's make moves on this story. Uh, you know, there wasn't really anything too exploratory in the news for me this week where I was like, oh, we can talk about this for like, you know, hours on end until I saw the story yesterday. And maybe we can't talk about it for hours on end, but we can definitely talk about it for a while. I do think it's something that is very interesting and uh, it's somewhat uncomfortable. So before we get into this, I just want to say, you know, I don't like to, like, apologize in advance for things I haven't said yet, especially if my intent's not to offend, but, like, context is everything, which is something we've covered before in our stories. So I will say, though, that it's not my intent to offend. The story we're covering and the way it's going to be covered, we're going to ask some difficult questions. We might ask some stupid questions. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm trying to just feel out this story to get a better grasp of what it's about and learn something. And if I'm wrong, so be it. But I think it's worth looking stupid and being wrong to discuss this topic because it is very interesting and it does explore the human psyche in many, many ways. Well, sometimes you have to ask the stupid questions to find out because you're curious and you don't know, right? Of, of course. So it takes a, a stupid question to say, hey, you know, I don't really understand this topic. Can we please keep asking questions until I do? Yeah, and that's why context is everything. If it's not your intent to offend, but your intent to learn, then if you do offend in the process of learning, the people who are offended should take that into account. So, you know, if we do ask something stupid or state something that we think is factual and stupid, I wouldn't have any problems. I'm being like, hey, this is stupid and this is why, and you should feel like an asshat because of it. I, I, because I, truly, we're, we're, in, we're, we're in uncharted territory here. We're going into uncharted territory, ladies and gentlemen. And so what is PC about it? That's right. What, what, what's, what is the best way to approach and to label something? Because the only way that we understand things is to label them in some way is to file them and classify it in some, some way. And so there's not always the right nouns or pronouns or adjectives to describe something in the most benign way possible. That's right. And I mean... When you talk about this topic, which let's get to quicker so we're not just like apologizing and trying to explain ourselves in advance forever. Yeah, we're going to have 10 more minutes of this yeah. and then we'll get in there. Ladies, this is going to be like us like, you know, defending ourselves for an hour before the topic starts. <laughs> but yeah, when you talk about something like this, it's almost impossible to not say something stupid. We're not experts in most of the things we talk about, but I think we're careful enough to not go into territory where we don't look stupid. But in this instance, we're going to go there, ladies and gentlemen. We think it's going to make a good show. So let's just get into it. I'm going to start this one by layering a little, a little background context into like what led into the story almost being such a story. And everyone's probably aware of the Caitlyn Jenner situation. That's not our story, but it's the lead into this week's story. So obviously in the news, big thing over the past month or two, you know, you've got famed decathlon gold medal winner Bruce Jenner, now a has-been reality star, transforming into Caitlyn Jenner. Turns out he's transgender and wants to become a woman. And it's been a big cultural zeitgeist moment, let's say. You know, something where the media and society have kind of been captivated by it. It's got a little bit of everything, right? Celebrity, uh, you know, something that people don't understand. And people have seized on this opportunity to be like, hey, this is like a, you know, a moment we need to seize and take the positive from and build on. It's a watershed moment. A watershed moment, let's say. And I'm all for that. I mean... Like I said, that's not our story, but, you know, if uh, Caitlin's happy, 
I'm happy for her. The fact that she's a has-been reality star who's contributed nothing to society except the banal existence of her family for the last 10 years is besides the point. If it does good for like society as a whole to see this and know it's okay, I'm with it. But then we got this interesting story in the news. It happened a couple days ago, I believe. I'm not sure if it was Wednesday or Thursday, but it was about this lady named Rachel Dolezal. Now, Rachel is the president of the Spokane, Washington chapter of the NAACP. She chairs the City Police Oversight Commission. You know, she posts pictures of her natural curls on Facebook and, you know, claims she has black reactions at movie theaters. In her world, and her friends and colleagues' world, she's black. But to her family, she's not. Her parents recently went on the news and claimed their heritage is Czech, Swedish, and German, and they showed pictures of her as a white, blonde-haired girl with freckles. And now we've reached this stage where it seems this lady, she's not transgender, she's trans-race. Or at least that's the phrase being used to describe it, in that she seems to be leave to a degree that she's black and she's appropriated that lifestyle and culture enough to the degree where she's now living as a black woman and to a degree where people believe it. She got a scholarship to the famous black university, Howard University, you know, uh, so... This is a really, really interesting story. I mean, there's... It's amazing that the school wouldn't check on that, right? Like, yeah. Oh, let, me, let me interview your parents. Well, wait a minute. I don't know what she put on a college application, but apparently she made like a lot of... Like, she was like a great artist, and she had like a lot of really great art, and it was about African studies. That's what she went to college for. Uh -huh. So they maybe she's making all this like, you know, African-inspired art. She's applying to Howard University. They naturally assume she's black. I don't know. But there's more to it, right? So she sounds like, it, 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 you know, at first, at first take, you're gonna be like, "Wow, uh, that's that's pretty crazy." It sounds crazy. Um, sounds crazy. But her siblings were black. Yeah, right? it, it turned out that she. I mean, if you go back and you wanted to like look at this person's life, you wouldn't be like, "Okay, this is somebody who one day just decided, I want to be black." Apparently, she had adopted a family, brothers and sisters, growing up, who were black. She went to a black university. Her first husband was black. She's president of the NAACP. I mean, if you look at this person's life, it's very deeply rooted and connected with the black community and culture. Mm -hmm. You know, if not herself, then directly everything surrounding her and her environment. So it's interesting to look at how much this influenced somebody. So where I'm leading to this moment is this lady's gotten like ridiculous backlash, you know. I mean, the Twitterverse and social justice warriors. I've gone nuts on her, and I don't know even Pump know this off the Twitter mob. And you know, I've got very mixed feelings. I don't want to like throw her under the bus or put her up on a pedestal, but it's very, very interesting when you look at this moment. And this is what I really wanted to talk about the story for was: what does it mean when you believe yourself to be different on the inside than what you are on the outside, and how society reacts to it? So, in the case of Bruce Jenner, here you have a man, hundred percent a man genetically speaking, physically speaking, and he believes on the inside he's a woman. And he takes whatever steps necessary to become one. Dresses like one, gets operations to become one, talks like one, comes out with that identity. I'm now a woman, I'm changing my name to Caitlin. America's reaction is to accept and celebrate this. You know, this is beautiful, this is a watershed moment, we need more people to be happy with who they are on the inside and, you know, People want to be who their true selves are. We should embellish and embrace that. Now you've got a flip side of another woman. Oh, excuse me, not another woman, but a woman who says, you know, on the inside, I'm black. On the, on the outside, I'm white. But on the inside, I feel black. My whole life's been connected to the black community and culture. I'm actually black. Now, she's being ridiculed and degraded for that stance. So my question is, and I'm not saying this is a valid question. This is where I might be saying, hey, you're asking stupid questions. How is her plight any different than Bruce or Caitlin's plight? Because you basically have a person saying, my physical genetic traits do not reflect who I feel as I am. And I'm going to tell you who I am and be, try to become that person, and you should respect me as such. If you do it for a gender, you're allotted as a hero. If you do it for a race, you're allotted as a, a hypocrite 
or a, you know, a self-serving racist or something like that. What's the difference? I want to know your thoughts on this, Matt. Yeah, why is the struggle for gender identification put up on a pedestal whereas race identification is now looked at as she's just crazy? Exactly, especially when you think about it too that, you know, gender identity, I mean, there's a lot of claims about psychologically what it is, but you can't argue if you're 100% physically a man, then there's not like, oh, I've got some chemical imbalance or I was born with this condition that makes me think I'm a woman. We're saying it's a psychological condition. So if we're saying that there's nothing physically different that makes you any race, one race or the other, then how is it not the same psychological condition is what I'm wondering. Right. Well, it, it, to me, it is. You know, I, I would see them both as being equal um, because we're all we all have a, a spirit soul in these in these things with, with which which doesn't necessarily make us a man or a woman in a physical sense right so whatever our psyche is is who we are right and what we think is who we are so the thing is is that moving forward with um, the race and the gender thing it's just whatever you identify with I mean how can you argue that one is it that is not and one is I, I don't one is okay and one's not and one should be celebrated and one should be ridiculed well I, I, I don't I don't understand it at all I, I, I that's where I come from I just think that if somebody has grows up and says okay I, I'm a woman now here's here's the interesting thing this you mean here there's not more interesting things there's, there's more interesting <laughs> things because here's the thing because um, for Rachel, uh, she grew up very close to you know black brothers and sisters, um, and Bruce. Not that I know how he was raised, but coming up as an athlete in the level of competition that he reached, and 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 the the Olympic gold medals, and this, that, and the other. Who would have more of an experience of how the other half lived? between the both of them would it be rachel like saying hey okay i can see these eyes i can empathize with my brothers and sisters or is it bruce who grew up in for all intents and purposes that i could ever see would be athletics mostly you know it's tough to know because we don't know bruce's childhood i don't and i mean i, I honestly don't want to know my, <laughs> my, my brain cells do not need to be occupied with any anything more about the jenners or the kardashians i do believe from what i have read or heard though that he would tell the story that, you know, since he was a little boy, you know, he wanted to dress up in women's clothes and he felt like he was a girl. And mm. that's a story many transgender people will tell you, you know, it's from a very early age. And when you hear that story, it's tough to not associate with something like being gay where somebody tells you, this is the way I'm born, this is the way I felt my whole life. And it's difficult to be like, okay, well, you can't become this way. You know what I mean? You can't become gay. If you can't become gay, you just are or you aren't, then you can't really become transgender. You just are or you aren't. That's where this is what's interesting. Can you become trans race? Are you born trans race? Hashtag trans race. <laughs> or is it something you're made into situationally? You know what I mean? Like here's this very privileged white girl born into a very unique environment with African-American siblings and she identifies as a child with them and somehow that, you know, becomes a, a essential part of who or she is to me race psyche is. Is, to re, to me race though really is how you experience the world in all of its context right so and, and how the world uh relates to you as well how you relate to the world right so it's your experience um how people treat you how uh your environment around you uh is affected by the fact that you are visibly different than someone else um so that it, to me is, is is really where it's interesting. I mean, did she grow up as a white girl the whole the whole time until when did she decide to say, okay, now I'm gonna start to make my appearance look black? So the story was that you know it was sometime after college, after she'd been married, she like disassociated with her parents and her family, her white family, she basically completely cut them off and fully embraced this I'm black guy. That's where a lot of the criticisms come. Not that 
she hasn't done a lot of good for the African American community. Right. I mean, well, obviously, or, she's a champion for the, for for the African American. Definitely community a champion. For, NAACP. And you don't you don't you don't have to be black to be a member of the NAACP. You know, you really don't. I I don't know if she'd be in the position she was in if she wasn't claiming to be. And that's where a lot of the criticism is that you know she filled out forms claiming she was black. She put a Facebook photo up where you know she claimed her black brother was her son and another man was well, her father okay. so, was black. So does that mean unless you had the operation? That any time that you put down that you're a woman, then you're also defrauding people? You're right. No, you're 100% right. My, my issue, I guess, would ultimately be because it's like the criticism. Because you're not. The criticism partially. For right. all intents and purposes, you're, you're not a woman until that happens, I, I would say. The criticism, personally, for me, I think it's part right and it's part wrong. It's right in the fact where it's like, why do you feel the need to misrepresent the truth? You still can be like, I think I'm black but I was born to white parents. People might not understand, but at least that's an honest statement instead of misrepresenting yourself. However, I don't think misrepresenting yourself makes you any less of who you claim to be, right? If Bruce Jenner put up a picture of himself, you know, like me and my girls out before she became Caitlyn, is she lying? Hmm. Or is he lying? You know, like you, you don't know somebody's psych. You don't know their state of mind. You only know your own. And it's funny, we've kind of got this like lexicon of ideas about what's you know, a logical way of thinking and a psychological persona to take on. And when people take on new personas outside of the norm, you really don't know how to handle it at first. And that's why like the Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner thing, I know this is going to be a big deal for some people. You know, It's supposed to be she, it's supposed to be Caitlyn. Guess what? People are going to make mistakes. They're going to call her Bruce. They're going to say he. They're going to mess up the pronoun game. I do it now knowing that she's Caitlyn and not doing it to not call her Caitlyn, but just because when I think about it's too early in the transition to just completely just go straight Caitlyn Jenner. Like I just say, Hey, like Bruce, you haven't forgotten. You haven't forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I, 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 it's, it's, it's hard to think of him as a full on transitioned over now. You know, because like for a while you were just seeing like, is he transitioning or not? You know, and, and now it is. And so I'm okay with it because I do believe that, you know, people, your your experiences mold you from a young age and, and things, you know, who you are and, 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 and you, but also it comes from something that you're, you're born with, you know, like you were saying about, you know, the young, the, the transgender people dressing up as the opposite sex from a very young age. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I would, the only thing I would argue about, about Rachel is to ask if that, if that's the same thing or if it was strictly based on the influence of her siblings and what they grew up and how they grew up. Would she even know, you know, like, would you even know like the influence your environment's having on you as a child until later, you know, in your head, you might be like, this is how, as far as I back remember, I don't know about you, my memories don't go back that great to when I was four or five. No. But it's very tough to like look back so far into the past and be like, this is why my state of mind was this way when I was a child. It's almost impossible. You know, Freud could psychoanalyze it for days and it might be bullshit what he's but, telling But you. see, she's, I mean, she's not hiding from it. I mean, she's, she looks to me, I mean, she looks like a light-skinned black person that could be, you know, uh, of mixed, mixed race in her picture here. And she walks around like this and she's experiences the world through this, uh, you know, uh, lens. Um, and the world experiences her through that lens as well. So, I mean, she's not going around as white and then only dressing up in blackface to go to work. No, I agree. And I mean, I have a lot of empathy for, because I do think it's culturally and psychologically very confusing situation, but we always have to play devil's advocate on the Material Devolution podcast. And it becomes that slippery slope. It's like, okay, now we've allowed people to say, okay, it's okay to be transgender, which I'm all for anybody just trying to be happy with who just they are. Just be happy. Express you, yourself you know, the way if, you if, want. If you're doing as it, long as it's bringing good to the world. As, as long as it's legal, ethical, and you know, you know you're know, you not causing any harm, your, your thoughts and, and intentions are rooted in a positive place, I could give two shifts. I really could. So we've all decided it's like transgender. If you think you're a different sex, different gender, we're okay with that. You know, that's, a, that's an okay condition. It's an accepted condition. We'll just say that's fine. Well, now we're going down the, okay, you can be born a different race if you believe it. Whatever race you, you're psychologically appropriate as a child, that's equivalent to a gender 
appropriation. Because once again, we're saying you're physically not like this, but you psychologically identify with it. So if you psychologically identify with it, that's the most important thing. Well, we've got dude like Lizard Man. And this isn't to insult transgender mm. people. This is to play devil, devil's advocate. We've got this crazy very, very guy. He's got 99% yeah. of his body tattooed yeah. to be like a lizard. He's yeah. got his eyeballs injected. He's had more surgeries than Caitlyn Jenner can ever imagine. He's got his tongue split. He likes to eat flies and stuff like this. Doesn't he have that, uh, like, they put those metal balls underneath your skin, too? Yeah, he's like, got, um, like, his eyebrows yep, he's got like, uh, like, metal injections in his face to yeah. create, like, ridges and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy believes it belongs in Ripley's, believe it or not. He's like, hey. I think he was on that show. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he was. He's been sculpted into a lizard. He, he is the human lizard. I forget the guy's name. I know I've seen him on TV before. But it's a real person. You can't make it up. Maybe Matt will look it up for me while I'm ranting about it. This guy wants to be a lizard. He believes he's a lizard. His entire life, he's felt like a lizard. He's taken every step possible so people see him for his true self, which is a lizard. Now, should we accept this as a logical, psychological state of being, or is this crazy? And if it is crazy, what makes it different than the others? And like I said, if you take it in the wrong way, you might be like, oh, you're equating being transgender with this dude who wants to be a lizard. I'm just asking a question from a logical state of mind. What makes them different in self-identifying with something that you aren't physically? Is it okay to do it with your gender? Apparently so. Is it okay to do it with your race? Maybe. We're crossing that threshold. Is it okay to do that with your, with your species? <laughs> you, you, aren't, you aren't that species. We're basically saying anything you identify with psychologically, if that's what you identify with, then from a logical standpoint, that's what your truest self is. Instead of your truest self being what you're actually born as. Yeah, but I mean, at what point it, does it go to, at what point, then if you're, if, you're, if you're okay, so what you're saying is you're okay with one, then you're okay with all. Not, I'm not saying that. I'm just asking the question. I'm saying. But you wouldn't know, you have to be? I mean, because based on what you just based said on that, about, like, Based on that logic, you would, but that's why I'm asking the question, what makes them different? Because if there is something that makes them different, and many transgender proponents, I've had this conversation with one or two people, they would make claims that, you know, based on, like, the psychological state of conditioning, that, you know, association with other genders is something that is deeply historically rooted in our history, and there's a long, you know, psychological, medical, mental history of it, you know, where... You could see from a lot of standpoints why something like this could naturally happen, you know? I would say because you're human, right? Because you're still a human and still in this form so that you can still relate to some aspect of that. Outside of your species, there is no frame of reference that you have. Absolutely zero. Exactly. And I mean, that's where I'm going to ask these difficult questions that might make me seem like I'm stupid or transphobic, but I'll have no problem. If Bruce Jenner was raised by a robot in a house in the middle of nowhere with no TV, no magazines, no images of other people, just by himself, would he become a woman? Or would he be Bruce Jenner who likes to dress up like a woman and wears women's clothes? Or would he be a robot? Or would he be a robot who likes to dress up in women's clothes? Even stupider question. But that's like the, the you know, the Fox paradigm I want to put out there. It's like you can only become what you observe. So how do we know for a fact that when Bruce Jenner was a little kid, he didn't just like female things? We, we don't know that. We really don't. It's only because he's in an environment where you're put around other people, you can emulate them and then want to become them. So maybe by identifying with feminine things and feminine behaviors and being put around actual people, you can then go, oh, I identify with this person. This is who I see myself as I want to become. Well, if you were raised by a robot in a situation with no people and no other people to identify with, you might still have those same characteristics where you like doing feminine things, but would you want to become a woman if you didn't have women as basically arbitrators of those qualities? You know, because there are men with feminine qualities. Oh yeah. But they don't necessarily become women. They just they get referred to as effeminate mm -hmm. or whatever, right? They have feminine qualities. That doesn't make you a woman. Right. So it becomes that thing. What makes you a woman? We've agreed now. It's not having lady parts. Because Bruce Jenner doesn't have lady parts. But he says he's a woman and will accept him as that. So if it's not having the physical attributes, then what defines you as anything? What defines you as any gender, any race, any species? Just your state of mind? That's a slippery slope. People would say it wouldn't be the species because, you know, we're the human race. 
So you can be any type of human, man or woman or in between, or any type of species, or any type of race, because we're all the human race. Mm -hmm. But species, like, how are you going to really identify being a lizard, bro? You know what I mean? Like, like seriously, you don't you don't have scales and cold blood pumping through your veins and right. you want to sit on a rock and eat flowers. You don't have to fucking sun yourself during Yeah, the like, I, I, for, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm going to ask the stupid questions so we can have this conversation. Like, for me, it's like, yeah, that's when you've gone too far because you can't really say, like, there's anything intrinsic you can identify with this outside of your personal idealized perspective of what it is to be this thing you could never understand. You can understand how stupid it is to be a lizard because you'll never have a brain that small. You'll never know that experience. You're basically making. And it here's all up. the thing: you can you can change your appearance to look like a woman, and people will treat you as such and not know any difference, unless they really looked right. And then you can change your appearance from white to black, or black to white, or you can change your appearance from bald to to having hair, or hair to having to being bald, and you can actually experience the world through these filters, through these through these channels. You cannot. Turn yourself into looking like a lizard and then have the world treat you like a lizard. <laughs> the world will treat you like a lizard. It'll treat you like It'll a human like... being who just who, yeah. who made themselves look like a lizard. It'll treat you like a human lizard. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Or a human tiger. Because there's the guy that you know that changed themselves into looking like a tiger too. You seen this guy? He's got whiskers hey, and shit. I don't want to pretty much you can pick shaved his teeth down and make him like pointy. This yeah. this is how you know America's doomed. You can go to the San Diego Zoo, no matter which exhibit you go to. There's a person somewhere in this world getting surgical procedures to look like that animal. Alpaca? Procedures. Alligator? Procedures. Endangered white rhino? Somebody in, like, West India Timber is getting a rhinoceros horn stuck to their face. You know? Sewn on there. It's happening. We're doomed. So, outside of that, though, I'm with you. The, the, the interspecies thing, I think, pushes it too far. But is the inner race thing the same thing as the intergender thing? You know, do you think you can psychologically appropriate a race the same way you could a gender? Because all it is is a series of traits based on cultural perception. What is it to be a woman? I know women who are more manly than than men, and I know men who are more effeminate than women. But what do we go off of for their basis? Who right. they who they tell us they are? Right. Not their you know behaviors. Not right. because she's a tomboy mm -hmm. or you know he's a sissy. We don't, we don't define him as a man or a woman based on his behavior. We do it based on what he tells us he is. So it seems like we allow people to operate in this range where... Well, it's again like classification. We have to classify. Women do this. Men do this, right? And ever since, ever since like, you know, women's empowerment and, 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 and suffrage and, and, and starting to become on an equal playing field where they're playing more sports, they're wearing shorts like guys, you know, I mean, there was times when they had to wear like long pants and like everything else. But now that girls are allowed to, women are allowed to express themselves in all of the same ways that men can, so they, if they choose, then we're seeing that the lines between femininity and masculinity are becoming ever, ever more blurred. They are in many, it's funny, it's like in certain areas, they feel so concrete, they'll never change. But other areas are becoming more and more blurry. Like you said, I mean, like you look around, man, you see these girls and they're going to CrossFit and they're freaking ripped and they're jacked and they look like dudes and like, you know, you would think that is a, being a masculine trait. But you know what? They just like to work out just like guys do. Yeah, or, or, the, or, or the, the, they like sports and they talk dirty, they'll, they'll, they'll say shit and fuck and they'll swear and they'll talk like one of the guys... They're just really into sports. They grew up in a sports family or something well, like that. Whatever, yeah. They're really competitive. So they're really what into is that exactly like? What does that actually mean? Like, couldn't couldn't you also say say that okay, I I, I might relate to to a as, as a woman, but I don't need to become one. I don't need the world to relate back to me as a woman. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, I do. Another type of like, I, I do because these stories they bring to light. It's like. How Rachel lives her life has no impact whatsoever on you or me. No. You know what I mean? But without knowing about other people, we don't have anything to compare ourselves against. So it's kind of like we use society and civilization and culture as a whole as a way to gauge ourselves and our own behaviors and see if what we're doing is valid and accepted and approved of. You know, like I said, Caitlyn Jenner, celebrated. Let's give her the Arthur Ashe Award for courage. Rachel... We want to get you fired. We want to get you kicked out of your NAACP chapter. Well, let me tell you, 
Rachel is doing done, more for the world than than Caitlyn. I mean, that's a, Rachel's arguably done more personally to benefit, uh, you know, African Americans than Caitlyn's done to benefit transgender. Everything that's benefited transgender people because of Caitlyn Jenner is unintended consequences of Bruce being transgender and being Caitlyn Jenner. It wasn't like his goal was like, I need to, you know, empower transgender people. That was like a fringe benefit, I think, to a degree. The fact that he's got a $5 million reality show already planned is more proof than evidence of this. You know, there's a lot of spectacle going on in that story. This story was not about spectacle. No, I do think it was a good thing for that community. I'm 100% with you. I'm talking about Bruce Caitlyn Jenner personally as an individual. But here's my question. My question goes back to what is the need for people that can't, couldn't, couldn't Bruce have associated as a woman and not changed himself into a woman to have the world experience him as a woman and, and still been able to been, you know, what, 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 what compels you to make that change is what I'm saying. Why, why do you need the, the, the feedback like that? Why can't you just be like, you know what? I identify as a woman. Um, Cause nobody's going to treat every, we're, we're, we're too physical. We're too visual learners. You know, people are always going to identify with their eyes more than anything. So, I mean, to that argument, You'd be like, well, if I feel like I'm a woman on the inside, and I am a woman, then I should be treated as such. I want, and I want, and pe- I want, I want people to treat me that way. Right. How are people going to treat me that way if I dress and look and act like a man? Right. I need to dress and look and act like a woman to get society to give me the approved behaviors for that. Now that has a lot to do with like how you know men and women treat each other, like the emotional triggers that you yeah. need to be switched on. But those things are always going to be different, you know, like. It's almost impossible to tell somebody like, hey, you know, like you should live as your true self. But again, like you were asking, what does that mean? I don't know. What does that mean to be treated like a woman or to be treated like a man? You know. It It means something different to everyone, right? It means something different for everyone. But you you know what I mean. Like men are going to be treated differently than women. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm not not saying that that doesn't happen. So, you know, if if you feel you're a woman and you want to be treated like one, then dressing and acting like how you believe a woman should dress and act. Because, right, what's Caitlyn Jenner doing except appropriating an identity that was not something she was inherently gifted as a youth? She was not given the face, body, or, you know, psychological, physiological makeup of Caitlyn Jenner. That was something she appropriated. How she looks like now, somebody put a side-by-side with the famous actress Jessica Lange, and they're like, she looks just like Jessica Lange. Like, who knows if that's, like, something psychologically... That when Bruce wanted to become Caitlyn, Bruce saw as the idealized version of femininity and a woman. What's like the right look for one person is not the right look for another. Right. One, one like tra- Michael Jackson was trying to look like Liz Taylor. That was yeah, like, you know, and that was uh, that was another version of trans race. Let's say that wasn't uh, embraced or understood at the time. Yeah, right. And, you know, but but normally that's been the long case of things because there are some stuff like we're going to post a story that kind of. Uh, God is talking about this, which is a Slate article by Jamel Boulay about this. And she talks about that, you know, historically, the case was more often than not, it was black people trying to appropriate white culture because to be black is this identity of cultural persecution in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been mistreated, you've been looked down on, you've been segregated, you've been patronized. Well, so, see, people become white. That's what I'm to saying. get ahead. So, so culturally, you have a lot of blacks or African Americans who try to pass themselves off as white because it's easier because white privilege, right? Yeah. You know, if you're white, things are easier for you. You're not. You don't have this history of basically yeah. abuse. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. So that's historically the way it's always gone. Now it's being flipped differently, where people who are in a position where they're privileged are taking on the identities of the oppressed. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Like, it's an interesting shift in the zeitgeist. I love that word, you know, because it's like a cultural idea. Well, you would have certain segments of our society saying that it's because we've we've legislated opportunity in the favor of the minority in this country. Yeah, I think that's like some Fox News backyard racism. I'm just saying that there is some some people out there that believe that. For sure. They'd be like affirmative action, you know, is cause of all this, Uh, you know. 
that's kind of a, a whitewash of the situation. Bad, bad word, maybe whitewash. But uh, <laughs> you know that, that that here's here's the question though. Back to Rachel and, and her position in in the NAACP. Um, is there there obviously is is benefits that come with her position, which are pay and status. Look, and, let's be real, bro. She's not. She's not. She's not balling. But she's doing things. She's doing good. So, can you? Would you argue that she actually defrauded people to get in that position in order to, to get ahead, or would you say that it, it that what she is doing to for the community would outweigh anything that could be seen as trying to get ahead for monetary gain or whatever or status? Well, it's like funny. Like, did she defraud anyone? Now we're saying, is she really black? If we say that based on a physical standpoint. From a physical standpoint, 100% she defrauded us. Psychologically, I don't know. You'd have to ask her, and she'd probably tell you she feels black. So, right? I mean, if we're saying physically doesn't have anything to do with it, then we can't really say she defrauded us. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing in her behavior that's been shown to think that, like, she's doing something that's nefarious and she's misleading people and well, she actually and she actually thinks she's a white person who's defrauding people it's a psychological statement like how can you know somebody's state of mind you have to ask them about it and they're always going to take the stance that's best for them like she's just going to be like yeah you're right this whole time i've been a white woman faking it i'm sorry leave me alone that's never going to happen she's going to give a speech and be like you guys don't understand and that's exactly where it's going to be left at so at what point do you just classify somebody as crazy I don't know. That's all a question. Because insanity is a psychological state of mind. For sure. I mean, well, you want to get into really tricky things. It's like, okay, the classification for being transgender, me medically speaking, do doctors have classified it on a wide spectrum of things. Some have called it a psychological disorder. And obviously, members of the transgender community... They don't like that. They don't, it says disorder. They don't like that because it's saying there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. You know, saying like something is wrong with you you know you have, there's a there's a reason you're this way is because your brain's not working right and but something that could be out of order i mean like you know and, and the, what's out of order is that your psych your your psychological mindset doesn't match the body that you're in so definitely I mean, it, it technically is a disorder of sorts it doesn't have to mean negatively for sure that that's the problem right how do we view being told that there's something wrong again we don't have words to describe things we don't but you'd be like like you just said if you tell somebody they have a disorder well you're telling them there's something wrong with them and they're like this is just the way i am you're like you know there's something wrong with me for being the way i am it's like that just doesn't make sense to people mm -hmm. i think when you tell them that the reason they are the way they are is because something's wrong with their brain you know what i mean like, wouldn't that be just as offensive as telling a gay person there's something wrong with your brain? You know, there's like a, you know, a, a misfire in there going off that's making you like the wrong sex. Because physically speaking, you're designed to like this sex, mm -hmm. but you don't. So I think it's just one of the most confusing, complicated stories we've ever come across, and we ever will, because it has to do with knowing somebody's state of mind, and the only person who really can is that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're, they're played into this Rubik's Cube from which there's no escape. Like I said, they're always going to take the position that's going to support themselves the most because we're asking them to crucify themselves. They're like, tell us you're not black. Tell us you're actually I think white. That these, I think that it's extremely beneficial that these stories uh, happened uh, in very close, close, close proximity to each other. Well, they are interestingly tied in. I'm wondering if... Because it really does show how something so similar can have completely opposing opinions of that of the, of that action from 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 society right I, right i mean like we this is what we're talking about is that caitlin was celebrated and this lady is considered a fraud and she should be fired and you know everything like that so it really does you know give me it's just interesting to see society treated differently. I can see like the teacups spinning in your head, bouncing off each other, the tilt yeah. the world. Like they want, you want to get off the ride because you think you're going to vomit, but you're hanging on because you want to make it to the end of the ride. That's how much strain this story puts on your brain to process because it's not easy to talk about or figure out. I mean, like I'm sure if you played this 
Well, it's so nuanced and intricate. I mean, there's so many unknowns that you're trying to grasp onto. What is this person's mindset? What influenced this opinion? What um, did it come? Was she really born that way, or he really born that way, or is it external uh, environmental influences at a young age that make you turn out this way? Is it more the ego instead of the self? Is it more of, you know, what is it? What is it? And we're also saying that like. But it's also exploiting the, 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 the separation between the spirit and the physical, that there is something there, that it is connected, but there's also a separation between those, those two things. It's funny how, as a society, though, we'll put limits on what we allow the human psyche to explore and experience. So now we'll be like, okay, you can be born gay, you can be born a woman, you, if you're a man, you can be born black, even if you're white. Can, can you like have like the mind of a child when you're an old man or be like an old man when you're a child? You know, you might be like 10, be like, yeah, you know, but I feel like an 80 year old man on the inside. I read War and Peace. I drank a bottle of vodka yesterday, smoked three packs, <laughs> want to hit up the VA. I, you should treat you should treat me like an 80 year old man. I act, think, feel and behave like an 80 year old man. But you're 10. So on the inside, I'm not 10. Yeah, but that 80-year-old man has 80 years of experience. He has 70 years on that 10-year-old. It's impossible. But unless, I'm just, but, unless but, reincarnation. But I'm just saying, well, if that 10-year-old had a conversation with the 80-year-old man where his intellect proved to be on an 80-year-old's level and this and that, and he thought about the things old men think about, et cetera, et cetera, well, if he has that state of mind of an old man and that's who he claims to be, now we're saying, oh, physically you're not there yet, though. So if he lived to 80, would he then be 160 years old? That'd be pretty cool. Oldest man alive. But like I said, this is devil's advocate. I'm going to ask a lot of stupid questions here because I love playing this devil's advocate role. You know, okay. I think it's, yeah. You know, hey, you're, you're born a boy. It's okay. It's okay if you become a girl, right? If that's if you think you're a girl, then you're actually a girl. If you're born white, you think you're black. That's okay. You're black. If you're born uh, a child, but you think you're an old man, that's not okay. You're not an well, old man. Well, then, you need to you need, I mean, to you need to grow up. And then when you're 21, we'll let you say you're an 80 year old man, or or 18, or 16, or 14. You know, we've got this crazy caveat of like, when we all decide that you get to be what you think you are, then you get to be that. But I mean, Until then, you don't get to be that. Isn't, isn't, isn't the separation of race just truly an idea anyway? It's a construct. Oh, of course. So, you, so. There's only one race, man. The human race. Yeah. yeah, yeah German. <laughs> of course. But I mean, you can't argue that there are cultural traits to races, you know, like Obviously. Yeah, but that's and, environmental. Of course, melatonin, skin skin uh, appearance, facial structure, hair quality. Those or are just music and 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 um, food and those type of things as well. Yeah, very environmental, culturally hereditated. So in theory, anybody could appropriate any of that, right? Yeah, I mean, you, I could be like, I'm Central American, and now all I'm going to eat is papayas and plantains. I think it's just tough to wrap our head around because we're, you can really only know yourself. You can really only know your own experience. And for me, it's like, you know, even if I did, you, I'm sure can relate to this. You love hip hop. You love, you know, old school, notorious, mm -hmm. Pac, all that. I did too, to a degree, maybe not as much as you, but I love old school hip hop. But I never was like, oh, I love all this, like, you know, hip hop, African culture. I connect with it. I'm, I think I'm black. Like it's like I'm always going to be me, and this is just something I like. Is what I like define me as a person? Like because I identify with this culture's music or art or food, then somehow I am that culture instead of that's just something I enjoy. It intrigues me about how strongly you have to feel something to make such a decision. Exactly. And also, how far do you have to go to show it, right? It's like Caitlyn Jenner was never going to be accepted as Caitlyn Jenner until she appeared on the cover of Vanity Fair looking like Caitlyn Jenner. Rachel DeRezel, she was never going to be accepted as a black woman unless she had these pictures of her where, you know, she's got a very light brown skin and she's got her hair done up in a very African traditional hair setting. It seemed like a lot of fucking work. A lot of work. You know what I mean? There's a lot of effort you got to go in to get accepted. Yeah, right. Right. That's a lot and of work. and it's a dis you're, you put yourself at a disadvantage by being labeled as a, a black a black minority in this in this culture or a transgender. There's a lot of hatred towards that community out there 
that takes a lot of it does take a lot of courage but to me in both instances it does maybe one not as much as the other right now right now but they both are not hey, are, are they're not decisions of opportunity they're not opportunistic in their motive but i'd flip the script uh I mean, the, the argument you're making is true, and I'd say that the one you're saying takes more courage would be Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, for sure. For it, sure. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. well, let's look at it from this perspective. Is Caitlyn Jenner's experience in any way similar to the vast majority of transgender experiences? Did most people who are transgender grow up famous Olympic athletes who've been living in a culture of celebrity? No. Who've been no, living in a culture of celebrity and self-indulgence? For so long that when they want to take these steps, everything is situated to help them and encourage them and become that person. Most transgender people, they've been sent to like gender reassignment therapy camps, church therapy camps, disowned by their families, this, that. Their whole life's been an uphill and a struggle. They say that transgender uh, kids have the highest suicide rate of any type of uh, you know subsection of kids in the country. So clearly... That's the traditional transgender experience is this like mind twist of just like not knowing who you are and having everyone around you tell you you have to be a certain See, way. See, I would, argue that, that, I would that, argue that Rachel's experience was not as tormenting as that. No, of course not. I'd be like, that, but that's like a real tormenting experience. What Bruce Jenner's done is like great. I mean, you can walk into school and be like, man, nah, like I, I think I should be treated as a black person today. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, walk into one in Compton, you definitely would want to be treated as a black person. We did not last I'm long there, saying, brother. like, you know, like, so there's not this crazy, tormenting, raging fire going on in your head, this battle between, like, your external appearance, your, uh, you know, what you feel is, and, and the feedback that you're getting from the world, and, and also how the hell you're going to tell your parents. But here, here's, oh here's the thing. It's, it's, what I'm trying to get to with Bruce, Caitlyn, Jenner is that, you know, here you have this background of a very privileged, powerful, indulged, narcissistic person who in the moment when they make the decision that they want to make this transition, they have no barriers whatsoever to them accomplishing that and in fact they have the means and the tools to encourage them to do so and to profit from it she's got a five million dollar a year reality show she's got endorsement deals from from some makeup company what's the mac mac cosmetics oh yeah million dollar mac cosmetics stuff's expensive yeah so like everything in her life's been positioned and conditioned so when she wanted to make this transition it was not only as easy as possible but she's become a multi-multi-millionaire many times over because of it. Yeah. That's a very unique situation. Let's give her the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage. I think you're better off giving the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage to any random transgender person because they actually live the transgender experience. Exactly. The interesting thing with Caitlyn Jenner is that because she's a famous person, she just gets to be the scene of cultural acceptance for transgender people because it's the first one who's a major celebrity to do it in the national public spotlight. People are like, this needs to be celebrated and lauded to encourage you know, other people who've gone through this experience. And for me, it's like, this is not the traditional transgender but experience. But don't you think that is what, what it, that by her doing what she did or him doing what she did to become her has shed light on of all of that yeah. that you're speaking it's, of it's, it's, and, and show, should ease some of the, the, the pain in that transition for young people at some level? This moment couldn't be served any better purpose than if, like I said, the biggest problem with you know transgender kids' suicide rates are astronomical. Right, which if, is terrible. If that can make this more understood, so that you know parents aren't going to be messing up their kids' heads, sending them to twisted church camps to try to fix them, and other kids aren't going to be bullying kids who are different because they don't understand themselves at a young age, more power to them. That's the best that can come of it. But let's not celebrate this individual. For their individual accomplishments, you know, let's celebrate this individual for bringing light to this situation, and let's celebrate that situation instead of like putting some individual. Not for that single act of, of of changing over. Like I said, it just we're, we're creating a false. But don't you think that's why they gave him that award? Maybe I think it's like a, it was a symbol to like. I, th uh, I think it was fifty-fifty. There was fifty percent that. And fifty percent the spectacle aspect. You know it's going to get ratings. Mm -hmm. You know it's a, it's an award. What, what's the point of an award show, Matt? Well, yeah. 
hey, it's, it's rich, famous, successful people giving other rich, famous, successful people awards for being rich, famous, and successful. Okay? This isn't exactly, you know... Give me one of those awards. Like, like this isn't winning the Nobel Prize. <laughs> right. You know, like, that, that in that case is famous, successful people awarding somebody something for being so impactful and successful in what they did. This is very arbitrary. And, I mean, Bob Costa spoke out about that. There was, like, a soldier who had his arm and leg blown off, and he's competing in, like, Special Olympics to win all these golds with prosthetic limbs. There was a a basketball player, a female basketball player who had brain cancer, and she still played out the whole season. You know, and people are like, wow, this is, like, real courage. This person's, like, facing brain cancer death. You know, like, there's this dude. He has arms and legs blown off, and he's like, you know what? I'm an athlete. I'm a competitor. I'm going to show people we can still come back. No arms, no legs. Do whatever we want. People would be like, Wow. You know, this is like coming back from death, facing but death. See, they're facing all, they're all mental achievements. But what you're saying is, is that because Bruce was already celebrity, he already had some money. What did he do in it, sports? It, it lessened. What did you? What did you do in sports this year? Well, last year? Last ten years? Last twenty years? What did you do in sports? Well, it's true. That's the main thing for me. We're giving him the Arthur Ashe Award. It's not like he did this the year he won the decathlon. Right, right. This is right. 30, 40 years later. Yeah. Let's put, give him his Vanity Fair cover. Talk about him all day, all day. Let's not start giving him random awards. Right. Like, you want to give him a GLAD award. You know, you want to give him something from, you know, the gay, lesbian, transgender community. Give, that, give him some award. I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's not just start making up awards for the I'll guy. I'm just giving it to him because, like, he's like, oh, he did this last week, and this, uh, this is totally opportunistic. We can just give him this award. It'll... That's, that's what I mean. Like you, you still could you could have had him as a presenter, right? You know, you could have had something with him, done a little story on him at the awards. Her, her. Sorry. See, yeah. Transphobe. Transphobe. <laughs> hashtag transphobe. Hashtag transphobe. It happened. It's gonna happen again. So, so yeah, like you could have done all these things, but no, we need to like give him the highest honor possible. You know, to like reward his courage. I'd be like, yeah, you know, like what he did is very courageous in its own way, and in many ways. Pretty much ninety nine point nine 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 infinite nine percentage infinite nine. infinite nine transgender people have have displayed more courage in how their lives have lived and the troubles they've gone through than Bruce could have, Bruce Caitlin could ever have imagined. Right. You know what I mean? We're talking about the most privileged person possible doing this. Yeah. Set up completely you know? to make it transition. So like 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 this is great that it's being accepted. But let's not like celebrate the individual so much about, as, as, about as the situation about the facial like reconstruction that he had and like how that's almost like unheard of for a lot of the transgender people. Twelve of hours of like facial reconstruction how surgery. Expensive, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a money thing too. How many transgender people there? You know, they don't have can get good work done. You know, he's got breast implants. He's got twelve hours of facial reconstructive surgery. I'm sure there's going to be more surgery. Who knows how much surgery he had before? You know, we're talking about. Spending a t- we're talking about spending in inexorbitant amounts of money to make yourself look the way you feel. So for me, it's another interesting thing. It's like like we were talking about earlier. Isn't it enough to just feel that way? Why do you have to look that way? Well, you want people to treat you that way. Can people not treat you that way if you don't look that way? Like should, right. should, shouldn't it only if the people if everyone knew Bruce, before Bruce became Caitlyn, if Bruce just told everybody, I feel like a, I'm a woman, I want you to treat me like a woman, and anybody who's my friend or family knows this, so they're going to treat me like that. That's way too hard for people to grasp there. There's no yeah, way, there's no way. somebody could be like, like, you walk in and you're like, hey, Matt, I want to be treated like a woman. And then like you walk in and you have a beard. And I'm looking at you, and you're like Devin, and you're a guy. <laughs> what if I was wearing like, a like, dress? Like a woman that's just too much, because we take in so much through our senses that that's how we process things. It's impossible for most people to make that leap over the the senses and not to believe what they see. Yeah, and it's like I don't want to look like Devin the woman. I want to look like Chrissy Teigen. Right. No, no amount of shaving or or. or you know, reconstructive surgery is going to make me look that hot. So, like, I, I don't care. There's, there's no equal equal transition. If you saw yourself as the other side, you're, you're probably never going to reach the ideal state. It, right? You know, all Bruce's surgeries and money, he's probably still not happy. And he's going to still do more surgeries. So here's – what's the bottom line, man? Should we treat Rachel like Caitlin? I don't know, Matt. This, this whole podcast has got me even more twisted than when I started the conversation. Yeah, man. Like I would go into things thinking like, yeah, man, I, I know what I'm going to say here and it makes sense. And then all of a sudden, by the time I got to the end of saying it, I was like, maybe that doesn't make sense anymore. 
I don't really know. No, I, that's why I wanted to come in hot and loose today because <laughs> I, I felt like this was one of those stories where if you have too much of an idea of where you're going to go with it, you're going to be dishonest in how you explore it because... Yeah, I mean, we're not coming from it from any scientific you know, point of view or anything like that. It's just based on our own questions about how we should approach such a complex situation. Yeah. I mean, you and, know, and, I, I believe that everybody, like we just said, that people should be able to live out their lives happily uh, if they bring good to the world and they don't harm other people. Of course. So both of these people, I don't believe, have harmed anyone. No. I, I don't think that Rachel... Outside, a, outside of the reality show Keeping Up with the Kardashians, a little harm has been done by Bruce. Yes. Very Bruce, little harm. That's you, you, but that wasn't you, so we'll forgive you. Caitlin, we forgive you. <laughs> now, I'm not sure how your new reality show is going to be. We're going to hate it. We're going to hate it. <laughs> I was like making that joke like, like Bruce is dead. You know, so like we're not gonna we're not gonna hate on Caitlyn for anything Bruce did. We're not gonna be like Caitlyn, what a terrible reality show. But then you're again, on. we're not gonna applaud Caitlyn. Yeah, Caitlyn, you, for winning the you, you didn't win no gold medal, bitch. Yeah, you didn't win no gold medal. You don't get to you don't get to brag about that. Yeah, Bruce did that. Remember that. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. So where are we come from? For me, my parting thoughts on this mat uh, before I'll, I'll give you yours would be that it's all context for me. I think every situation is unique and different. Everyone's personal stories unique and different, you know. Who am I to say Rachel's Rachel's state of mind and psychological state of being are incorrect? I'm not her. I haven't lived her life. I don't know how she feels or thinks about things. It's easy to look on the outside and say these are the cultural norms and this is what society's accepted. But I think when you and me have discussed it through the line of rhetorical questioning, they might not be the same, but there are too many striking similarities between being transgender and being trans race. For us to completely dismiss this as some type of like psychological delusion, you know what I mean? There, there, there's too many uh, threads that are so closely tied together where you know some people are willing to celebrate somebody for being the person who they visually aren't, while in other cases they're trashed for it. Right. It's a very, very interesting dichotomy. So uh, crazy crazy story something I never thought I'd even be be thinking about you know I, I didn't really think this was a story I'd heard stories before like you said you know Michael Jackson type stories of you know black celebrities or just black people who wanted to look white to not have be as mistreated to get all the you know the benefits of white privilege those stories I'd heard before this completely flipped the script and the timing of it with the Caitlyn Jenner story really really opened up my mind to this discussion of like who are we and do we have to visually become who we are in order to become our true selves? It almost seems like that's a rite of passage to a degree that, you know, we want to self-actualize. We want to, like, become the butterfly, right? We want to emerge from our cocoon as our true selves. And for people who see themselves differently, that's like a lifelong process. Well, you or me might have known who we were when we were 10. Been like, yeah, that's me. I like baseball. <laughs> And apple juice. That's me. I'm pretty comfortable with that. <laughs> you know, we weren't having any psychological discussions about that. Maybe you were. I don't know. No, I don't think so. But, you know, I, uh, what I like about this is that it seems to me like we're, we're starting to, at a very, very small stage, transcend the physical and start to really understand that there is another element to our reality and our consciousness and, 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 and the way that we um, experience life and the way that life uh, externally experiences us. And, you know, that is treating your ideas about yourself as something that can be accepted as normal. So whether or not you are born a man but identify as a woman, if you're born white but you identify as black, you know, by treating these both the same, you're saying, okay, I accept that, you're, that there is something other than your physical appearance that influences the way that you interact with the world and the world interacts with you. So I think that that's a very great step in breaking down those barriers and not seeing um, differences in people just based on their physical form, but really starting to understand who they are as a person inside is what we say. And being accepting of that person 
above and beyond what 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 what, what we see, and they're basically breaking down barriers. Yeah, and I think that's a very very good thing. I think that one should not be championed and celebrated while the other is demeaned because again i feel like just based on the questions that we asked and what we started to 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 really um you know cultivate was that they are very 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 similar and should be treated as such brilliant points there man i I think it brings to light that there are many identities too and you're not always beholden to one identity Maybe you are one person at one stage of your life, and then you transition to a different identity. You know, it doesn't mean either identity was wrong at any stage. That's just who you were mm-hmm. in that moment. So we won't go too far down the rabbit hole because I'm already starting to spin. I, w- I want to get off the teacups. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nauseous. Make it stop, operator. Make it stop. Yeah, make, make the cardio man signs stop. signs where you're going, man, are we lost in the Twilight Zone? What's going on? But anyway, it was another edition of the Material Devolution podcast. And be sure to check us out on www.materialdevolution.com. Remember, ladies and gents, page. it's nothing but love, just questions. If at any point you got mad, just remember, it's just a conversation. That's all it is. You know, it really is. Our intent is not to offend. If so you, take our conversation and make it your conversation. If you can have this conversation, you might get nauseous as well, but it's an important conversation to have. Don't be afraid of these scary topics and exploring these rabbit holes, ladies and gentlemen. You'll be amazed where the conversation goes and how comfortable you feel about the topic afterwards because you know you were willing to take on these difficult ideas and how they made you feel and think and explore some new avenues so i appreciate your time matt you you were really really insightful and helpful and, and, and sometimes you just don't get anywhere you can talk for an hour and you just end up right back in the beginning where you're going hmm yeah <laughs> yeah M- M- michael danced better when he was black and M- mj tore it up a little bit better <laughs> all right All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, this was Matt Walter and Devin Ebert for the Material Devolution Podcast. Hope you enjoy it. We will talk to you again soon. Love. Much love. Peace.